Since I was eight years old and I thought God was a girl in my school. We can wind up on a sandy beach, weed and air that only death can reach, and singing songs that only heaven leaves. Okay with me. God is wanting us to make believe, but knowing something is only a dream like the absolute somewhere in between. Or out of line, sometimes intertwined behind a mind in line. We fight, but only fools still trying to fight.
Welcome and uh, happy 50th birthday to Community Christian Church. We are super, super excited. Uh, 50 years ago on the second Sunday of February, uh, Community Christian Church officially began. And we want to thank you for being here today to help celebrate uh, what God has done through this church family over the last five decades. So to launch in today, just some housekeeping uh, right up front. First, our kids programming today starts right off the bat. So if you haven't sent your kids down the hall, do that right now. There's programming for them down the hall and uh, they, they have a um, morning designed just for them. So we would invite you to do that. Also, if you're new here today, uh, what you have stepped into is a community of people who are loved by Jesus, who want to see Jesus loved by their community. And uh, we are glad that you're here today. And uh, this is an amazing day to come, okay? But it's not a normal day. And so we would love to, to have you back. And so uh, we would also like to uh, help you take your next step towards Jesus. That's why we're here. And so the best way to do that, the best way to connect with us is through our Church Center app. And uh, if you'll go to your app store, download Church Center app, uh, choose Community Christian Church, Fort Scott, Kansas, and you'll be off and rolling. Uh, there are lots of things in that app that help us keep on the same page. There are podcasts, registrations, sermon notes. By the way, there was a slideshow playing uh, as you got here today, uh, 50 years of memories and pictures and our sermon notes today includes that slideshow. So if you didn't get a chance to see that, go jump on the app, go to sermon notes, and that slideshow will be right there. Another one of the tools on the app is our online giving platform. A lot of us give 
online. And if you do that, we thank you for your partnership with us in uh, your giving. If you're not an app person, the joy box is in the back. Woohoo! We give a little shout around here. That's new for those of you who are just coming back. Uh, we give a little shout every week because we want to be joyful givers. Uh, in a few moments, we will also have communion. Uh, one of the things that defines us is that we take communion every week. It's the centerpiece of what we do. Of what we do. And as the, the plates come by today, the emblems are stacked. And so there's a stack of cups. Uh, the bread is in the bottom. The juice is on top. If you'll just take a stack from the tray and pass that tray on down the aisle, and then you can celebrate when you are ready. We also encourage, if you're with your family, go ahead and take uh, communion together uh, today. A reminder also that there is a reception after the service. There are lots of faces in the crowd that everybody uh, ha would like to see again and get to talk to. And, and uh, so we've designed a, a special time after the service. So uh, just take, uh, go out in the lobby and take a left down to the gym. And, uh, and there will be uh, uh, refreshments and, and snacks and goodies uh, while, we, while we reminisce down there. You're welcome to stay. Also, Charter Sunday means that there's official business too, and so uh, Community Christian Church financial statements are available at the welcome desk for your view. Make sure you pick one of those up. There's one more special thanks that I need to do today, and that is to our 50th anniversary committee who planned this day and made it happen. Uh, Jerry and Judy Witt, Rita Emerson, Sharon Campbell, Karen Dilliard, Alan and Billy Joe Drake, and Delyn Abadie, who Delyn poured more hours into today than you can know. And from the beginning, this little group planned to celebrate today with the Chiefs Super Bowl. So that's amazing. Yeah. We, we could not have picked better, right? And so thank you very much. Also, this service has a lot of moving parts and a lot of people coming together. And so if there's uh, some quirkiness today, that's okay. We'll get another chance in another 50 years to get it right, okay? So just uh, um, when you see that committee, would you give them your thanks also? Uh, we're going to step back. Yeah, guys. We're going to go back in time a little bit today uh, and share some different flavors of music that may bring back some memories. Uh, but no matter what music we sang from, whether it was a hymn book, whether it was words on the screen, our, our worship at Community Christian Church has always been and will always be two and for oneness, the name of Jesus. And uh, Jerry Witt was our first song leader at Community Christian Church, part of that very first Sunday 50 years ago. And as he comes to lead uh, our worship together and start us off, uh, would you bow with me as we pray and uh, begin to honor that name that we're here for? Father God, we come together today as a family on this Lord's Day, just as we have for 50 years. And we come together to say once again with one voice as your children, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And may that truth that has marked us the last 50 years Mark us the next 50 years as well, and may it start today. All glory to the one who walked out of the tomb victorious over death, making a way for us to live forever. To our strong Redeemer, Jesus, that we now give all of our praise. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, Dusty. It's so good to see 
faces that I haven't seen for many years. And I was blessed to uh, lead the music here until 1997 when they said, hey, you need to step aside and let the younger ones take over. And I was glad to do that, I'll tell you for sure. <coughs> anyway, we're going to go back in time. And as you can see in your pamphlets, um, we were going to meet in homes uh, when we started the church because the phones rang and people asked questions. And we could see right away that, hey, homes would not hold them. So we scurried around. We found... Uh, a basement in the, in the high-rise building up there, and that first Sunday, uh, 63 people got together to worship. And that's been the lowest Sunday in the history of Union Christian Church. So anyway, we are going to go back in time, sing a couple of hymns that we sang at that very first service. So can you stand with me? We'll sing He Lives, all right? Now, we've always been a singing church, so sing it out now. I serve a risen Savior, he's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. <clears throat> In all the world around me, I see his love and care. And though my weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. Sing it. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, 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 O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing eternal hallelujah.
Thank you, thank you. Keep going. I had to do a lot of kissing to get my lip in shape. <laughs> Appreciate Robin Billiard Hartman playing the piano for these hymns. Robin was a charter member. <clears throat> even though, even though she looks like she's so young, she still was around when that first service started. You know, over the years, uh, we've had a lot of tennis. We've had a lot of people taking part, but they've already passed on and gone to heaven. And uh, when you think back about that, our, our parents, our friends, loved ones, someday we'll meet them. We'll have plenty of time to visit when we all get to heaven. Let's sing that song. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy, his grace. And blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout to victory. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of him in glory will the toils of life repay. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. We have people here from the first service that don't know some of you from second service. We have visitors that's been here 50 years ago. They haven't been back for a while. Let's take time to let Robin play a couple of verses as we shake hands, greet one another, all right? Let's join together on Onward to the Prize. Join with me now. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open.
may be seated. Leon, come on up. Gary, we have uh, on the stage today, we thought uh, we would have the OGs, uh, the originators, uh, come up and uh, just talk to them a little bit about 50 years ago and uh, all the things that led to this day. Um, uh, I heard a comedian say that they were planning his 85th birthday, and he said, it's wonderful that they planned my 85th birthday. It's even more wonderful that I could be there. (laughs) You're here after 50 years. It's wonderful that you could stick around for this. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Oh, use your mics. They want to hear all that. I had dark hair until I started with this guy, and it turned gray. Now, how old are you, Jerry? You have a question? <laughs> well, I want to say you got through that trumpet without turning beet red. Here we go. You're good. Doing good. Doing great. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me go back to some amazing 70s attire. I have a picture here. Uh, this is of that very first uh, Sunday in the high rise. Uh, on the left, in the second row, is Karen, who is uh, on in, in the middle here, Karen Villier. And then on the, the in the right picture, uh, to the extreme right, is Leon Weiss. And then next to him, Jerry Witt. And Tom Armstrong and, uh, right back Tom there. Tom Armstrong back there. Yeah, the Hicksons are here in the front row. Judy Witt and, and Roy and Dorothy uh, are back there. Um, I feel like Cynthia is maybe in the fourth row back with Leon. Uh, maybe Charlene Tripp. Is that who is in uh, sitting next to Tom Armstrong? Maybe, yeah. So take us back to the timeline that led to this day and uh, share with us. November 1972. My husband had grown up in Arcadia, Kansas at a precious little Christian church there. Craig Wolsey was holding a revival. He had been the weekend minister when we first got married from Ozark Bible College, which was Bible college then, not Christian college. Uh, we invited Jerry and Judy and the boys to go with us. And after the service, Ron and Jerry were speaking to Craig out on the front steps about concerns and uh, what those concerns were. And I let Jerry expound on that. And he said, why don't you start your own church? President Earl Boatman at the college would be happy to help you. Well, about a month later, about 30 people met at the home of Donna and Bill Douglas with President Boatman there to help advise and mentor. And the next thing we knew, we were meeting at the high rise in the basement in January. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Spill my water. <laughs> Normal. <laughs> there were um, several young couples with with kids that we felt like weren't getting uh, the Christian education that they needed, 
And so they were beginning to drift apart and find the church very, very young. So we said, hey, you know, if everybody drifting apart, what do you think about, uh, and following up on Sharon's letter, what do you think about starting an independent Christian church, Bible-believing, translated Christian church? And they said, yeah, that would be a good idea. Let's talk about that. Well, as you've seen the pamphlet, um, we, we did, and, and uh, it's just going from there. So that's, that was the start of, of the church. And then where did Leon come into the picture? Maybe that's what I you... I was on the campus ministry at Pittsburgh for that year and would also attend like the evangelizing association meetings, and there was one where Steve Ives and Chris Scott were there, and, they, and Tom Armstrong was the one who stood and spoke and said, we're going to start this church. And so I went up to him afterward and said, I'm a campus minister here. Well, that was not good. Tell him that, because he had that experience at first. <laughs> but <laughs> he talked to someone else. But I said, I'd be available. And so that first Sunday, that's how Cynthia and Tracy and Sharon, who are over here. Sharon, raise your hand. There it is. And Jason, raise your hand. They almost didn't. But they're with us. Uh, they're with us today. But they, the four of us, came up. We have a we have a, actually a picture of the uh, sign at the college with this is Jason and and a couple of the wits. Uh, welcome Community Christian Church, Leon Weiss, pastor. Um, what do you remember about those first Sundays? Well, I remember we needed to find places. We outgrew the basement of the high rise pretty quick, and so um, by then it was beginning to uh, be hot. And when we went to the junior high school band room, back then uh, the whole town was behind us and, and let us use those places. It was air-conditioned, but you had to go over on Saturday night and move all the instruments out and, and uh, set up worship. And then on Sunday after service, you had to put all the instruments back. But we met junior high, and then we went to the uh, community college and met in the round room and uh, for a while, and then ended up at the 4-H building. And that's where we were uh, for quite a while prior to building our own sanctuary here. And the 4-H building, of course, you had to go out on Saturday night to sweep and clean up and set up the chairs and then hurry out and clean the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, then we built the sanctuary. But we were blessed in all those places had pianos, so we didn't have to worry about the music. It just worked out, worked out the top. I remember immediately within a week, several baptisms of young people. That very first Sunday, or the second Sunday, Craig Houston, uh, Joanna Douglas, and Gary Duncan went forward. They were so excited. That was all the first Sunday. Oh, the very first Sunday. We had to scurry around to find a place where they could be immersed. It was either... First Church of God or the original Nazarene Church over on 3rd Street. I'm not sure of that first Sunday. But th to follow that, many young people went forward in the next few months. As it got warmer, some were baptized at Lake Fork Scott. Interesting. Joyful. Heart touched. That's what I remember. Plus, we had to scurry around and find little rooms for Sunday school classes which we did, but we first just began to be a family, the song, the family of God. Um, 
we were we had our faith but we did not realize the joy of our salvation until we were really being fed from the word early on that God had touched every soul. Mine was not a spiritual experience. <laughs> but I remember Jerry Lewis in one of his first Sundays saying something about how he had to take his old shirt and have it altered. And I'm immediately thinking altered, let out in the waste. He said, oh, no, take it up in the waste and out in the ship. You remember that, Jerry? <laughs> Still have to. Leon was good about calling uh, various teaching groups and uh, singing groups and, and, and preaching a variety to our church, and he had a lot of fun visiting with them over the years. So he got the idea. Now, you young people won't know. Remember Roy Rogers and, and Bill Evans? Okay. He got the bright idea of bringing Bill Evans to Fort Scott, and he came. He picked her up at Kansas City at the airport, and you know him. He had to have his ice cream. He stopped in the ice cream store, bought her ice cream cone, herself one, and that afternoon brought it plopped. Her ice cream fell on the ground. Well, that was embarrassing enough, but he picked it up, put it back in the cone, <laughs> <laughs> then traded Dale for hers. <laughs> you guys have mentioned uh, in your comments that quickly you outgrew the places that you had found relief. Um, and uh, I, I think I've heard, even by Charter Sunday, there was over 100 people, uh, right? Yeah, yeah 111. Um, that's bigger than most churches will ever be. It, it really is. Seven out of ten are under, way under 100. Um, what led to that early success? And um, um, maybe, maybe we could also talk about this, just that first building. We have a few pictures of the groundbreaking uh, for, for the south, what is the south wing right now, um, Future Homeless Community Christian Church. What, what had to happen to, to bring people together? Because you guys actually built the building. It's not like you uh, hired a contractor. Um, I mean, you had expertise. Guy, guy Post was one yes. of the ones leading that. Yeah. yeah, so what had to come together for that? From my perspective, coming in, Tom and Jean Armstrong were the ones leading the young people. Their sons, Dave and Mike, were involved in that. And they just had a nucleus of young people immediately. And it wasn't easy. But they worked and worked and worked. And this impressed me as an outsider because they were interested. Uh, uh, Trey Campbell, saw him over here, different ones. Uh, just a wonderful, wonderful group for that. Our enthusiasm <laughs> of, of uh, being so happy and excited about what was occurring. You know, you have to eat to keep physically healthy and going. But you have to be fed spiritually, and we were, for the first time in a long time, to get through the next week and then come back the next Sunday and get through the next week being, being fed spiritually. 
And I think people saw that and wanted to be part of that. A city study shows that the traffic problems of South Portland is going to be one of the main thoroughfares in the future as far as Vanna will be in the future. So we looked at property along Portland and um, these lots were available. And um, so we, we bought those. We had two, two uh, choices. One was where the Nazarene Church is over here and, and this, but uh, there was some sewer costly problems over on, on that and this is level. So we, we chose this and uh, then we eventually bought the house to the north tore it down for our gymnasium plus now. And we later purchased all the houses to the south so that we would have future growth and then some across the street for parking. So the Lord's blessed us in, in this location. Tell me, um, as you started this church, it appeared to me as I was thinking through this, this is a church plant, you know, in, in, in many, many respects. Uh, and in a church plant, you kind of get a blank slate. There's not a uh, hundred years of tradition or sacred cows that are, you know, already established that, that you have to deal with. And so how did you decide what was important that 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 you, the church would be about, and uh, what helped you make that, those decisions? What, what were they, you know, and then what helped you make those decisions? Mission was important from the very beginning. Okay. Uh, we decided that uh, out of the General Lawson, we'd be a 10% for missions, and we always have. We've always uh, supported missionaries all over the world. But uh, now we've grown that to 18%. So 18% of our building goes to missions every every month. What was the question that again? Was, that was kind of a curveball question. It wasn't on your sheet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm improvising. No, I, I just thought, you know, uh, this is a brand new church. You could make it anything you wanted it to be. What, what, why did you choose what you chose? I came in as an outsider to the group, and I didn't feel like it was my job to be the director, but I was very happy to follow that sense of growth, reaching out to the community with our pastor. Well, the men came up with the three uh, sayings up on the board for years, exalt God, edify the flock, and evangelize the lost. And that pretty much sums up what our mission is. Yeah. And it has been changed somehow, but it's still the same thought, serving others. Jesus mentions love in the New Testament more than anything. And that's what we tried to exude. And we felt it here. We felt when everyone had a Sabbath, when they had a celebration, when they had a need, we served each other. And we reached out to the community in many ways. And uh, I think that's basically. One of those, you had something. I, I was just thinking, uh, Gary is always pretty nutty, and I could sometimes rise to the occasion. Oh, you did a lot. <laughs> but Not just I sometimes. About, I thought about sometimes you go to a church, and I've had this experience where you were supposed to be non-smiling the entire time and <laughs> that never happened we we just had a good time together 
and with reverence. Back, back and forth. Well, let's talk about the gooseberry pie. You mean how we didn't like it? Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Jerry would always make the announcements of what was forthcoming. This week we will be having a fellowship dinner after services. Uh, and, of course, if you know Jerry, you know he loves pie. Well, he <laughs> said, now, ladies, just bring your best pie. And then when Leon got up to the podium, he said, be sure and bring gooseberry because Jerry loves it. Well, Jerry didn't love it. I said gooseberries is for the birds, blackberries for pie. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but out of that, we've had ladies carry gooseberry pies by the house <laughs> to try. <laughs> I've never lived it down. Well, there were a lot of things they had to live down, but I won't expound. One of my um, questions was what memories you have that you would share and and I want to share one and it's it's that uh, when I was a kid on Sunday night uh, every three or four months Leon was was a picture taker uh, always always had a camera always taking pictures and so every three or four months he would gather all of those pictures old film you know uh, 35 millimeter and uh, put them on slides and set up a slide projector on a Sunday night and we would we would the pictures that had happened over the last four or five months. And uh, that turned up gems like this. <laughs> Loved that. And I, here's my question. Leon, how did you, people knew that those pictures were coming. That's Jerry, by the way, <laughs> forking in gooseberry pie. Yeah. Um, how, did you, how did you hide and get that done? Because they were, they were all the time. Well, that, and that was part of it. Like it was all the time. Yeah, okay. So all right. we could just always be taking pictures and probably <laughs> did some that day. <laughs> Through the years, uh, as we grew, I just want to reflect on a few things that uh, developed. Church camp, Bible school, fog trips to Colorado, Mount Elbert. Yeah, let me interrupt that. We're we've both. we've got some pictures uh, behind of, of a couple of those trips. And by the way, uh, that is Clay Campbell to the right in the striped sleeve filled hat there. Um, well, I was just going to say the part, I'm trying to remember who gave us that name, but finding ourselves in God. And so that was just a fog trip, Colorado trip. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead, Alpha. But youth was an important factor in our uh, worship and wanting to uh, win them deeply in their faith that uh, they would grow up to be wonderful Christian adults. And uh, we have a one, uh, currently we have a wonderful children's ministry with our Paul Martin, who's been here for years. We've had wonderful youth ministries that have grown the youth magnificently. And that's the future of the church. We're old. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> 
let's let's use that as final questions. So in anticipation of the next 50 years, and without Leon getting into his sermon that he's going to preach in a second, um, what advice would you give us? What encouragement would you give us as we try to expand the kingdom through Community Christian Church for Scott Keep on keeping on. Don't be afraid to make changes. We've always done them faithfully. Be willing to put aside tradition and move forward with needs that end people. We are God's workers. We are his messengers. We have 45 Timothys that have given their lives for his work young men and women that have been drawn to that. Many of them will hear his name. And I want to thank all of you that have come back that have worshipped with us all these years, over the years. It's just, it's just a thrill and an honor to see all of you and know that you are still walking the walk. And um, I feel that the only tradition that should not be changed is the word. The Old and New Testament, every Sunday, is being explained, applied, and taken into your hearts deeply. And this church will survive the next 50 years and beyond, I believe. Good to see you both. Um, it's, it, it's, it's good to see both 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock services together here today. My dream, and it always has been, Someday, we'll force them to build another auditorium to the south that will hold a thousand, and we'll all worship together. And a little bit of heaven, and so many of our wonderful ones ha are in heaven that were so influential here. I was thinking of one thing. As a preacher, I want the gathering on Sunday to be the happiest time of the week for everybody at the home church. And that's a variety of things, but that's meeting in our cells, but also laughing together, having fun through it. And I feel that very strongly. This should be the happiest place we come all week. I'm going to call an audible, and uh, we were going to do something else out of this panel, but um, uh, I remember that chorus from Family of God. Would you um, let's just sing the Family of God? Colby's going to come um, and lead us into our communion time after we sing that chorus. Would you? Would you lead us? Yeah, I do. I will. Go I'm for it. Going to be a hymn. I'm glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joined heirs with Jesus as we travel this clod. For I'm part of the family, the family give our panel a hand. Thank you. Man, I am, uh, I'm really honored and blessed to get to be a part of this. And I just think this is such a beautiful service. I think the Lord is in this. And even just that little moment right there that Dusty and I hadn't had a chance to connect really around what I was going to talk about for communion meditation, but that's what I was going to talk about is family, being a part of the family of God. I, I thought 
what do I want to share with you? And I've got this little tiny window to share with a congregation that God has used to change my life. What do I share with you? And a, a few scriptures came to mind. I thought of Paul's words to Timothy about his grandma and his mom's faith. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. See, I don't have uh, Timothy's story. I don't have a biological blood relative legacy of faith. between my junior and senior year of high school that I met Jesus and, and he radically altered the trajectory of my life. It was Jerry Nassman who shared the gospel with me. It, it was um, Paul Norris and Rebecca Moyers who invited me over and over and over again, all three of you, to go to church with them. It was Blake Cowan who treated me like a friend rather than like an enemy, like he should have, and I was nothing. <clears throat> it was the Woodrens and Marcy's who treated me like a brother and, and son, and there are so many other people who had such a great impact on my life. I think of Proverbs 11.25. I had, I had come back uh, from college, my freshman year of college, and there used to be this little welcome kiosk out here, and someone told me, hey, there's a card waiting for you. And so I go and get that card, and inside it was printed, uh, Proverbs 11.25 says, He who instructs his other will himself be instructed. I'd never read that before, but uh, in, in handwritten, it said, Because you just so instructed me, I am yours. And it was a $100 bill in there. And I feel like every time that I came home, as a poor college student, there was some old lady who had the $100 bill in her I made sure to come home a lot. <laughs> I, I, uh, I got to graduate from Ozark Christian College with no debt because of community churches. Because of, yes. Because of just the over-the-top generosity of this church. And because I had no debt, I got to go make nickels and dimes, living in a big city. I did a church planting residency, and I had to I fundraised my salary. And Community Christian was 10% of that salary, more than any other church. So I had so many donors, and, and Community Christian was the biggest donor that I had. Because we believe in young men and women who can live out their faith and change the world around them. You always have. I think of uh, Paul in, in Philippians 1.20. Because of all this, because of all that he had poured into me, I think of Philippians 1.3 where he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank God for you. I thank God that I got to become friends with you. Your rich deposit of faith in my life has, is, and will continue to change my family for generations and those that I minister. I am grateful for you, Community Christian. But more than all of that, more than my story, more than what you've poured into me personally, I'm grateful for you, Community Christian. 
it is because of him that all of this last 50 years, it happened, and it is because of him that this church and other churches around the world will continue to flourish and thrive. You might think the world is falling apart, but Jesus sits on his throne, amen? He sits on his throne, and, and he, the gates of hell will not overcome his church. So we celebrate him today, and in this communion moment, we this is our, our chance to, to love him and to remember him. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to take just a few times to Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken. Thank you for your blood that was spilled. Thank you for your sacrifice. You are good. We celebrate you, Lord. We want to exalt you and we want to be grateful for your legacy. Lord, I give the thanks to you. I'm grateful for the future that you reemerge in this morning. And all that I ask and I need. So take this morning and be a blessing to us.
God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Can you 
pray with me? God, we thank you for our Savior, Jesus. We thank you for the depth of your love and grace to us, that you would give us your son. And we thank you for what we have in store, an eternity of unfathomable life with you and with each other as a family. So thank you for all of this that Jesus has made possible. And it's in his name that we pray today. And everybody said, you may be seated. It's amazing how God works because I was uh, getting up this morning and Billy Gay was already in the kitchen and I walked in the kitchen and I felt I smelled something in oatmeal. I said, Billy Gay, what's happening? She said, he's very tired. <laughs> and I said, I don't like you, sir. She said, yes, you're Billy Gay. <laughs> Wherever you are. I hear him, but I don't see him. Um, one other thing before I get started, uh, I asked for a podium today, and um, Dusty said, why do you need a podium? And I said, well, I need a piece of paper with good letters, because if I tried to do what Toby did with his little tongue, I'd be in big trouble, <laughs> big trouble. So... Um, Good morning. We're going to do a little history lesson and introduce a lot of people who were very instrumental in forming this church. And as you know, we are here to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Community Christian Church because 22 people desired to glorify God by forming a fundamentally independent Bible-believing church in Church Valley. It is my privilege today to recognize these men and women and families who have been so faithful in their service to God through God and through the church over the years. It starts with seven men who were on the first leadership committee. If any of these men are present, please stand as I read your name, and if any family members are present, Please stand, and please remain standing until I read all the names. The seven men are Max Hayden, Tom Armstrong, Ron Bailey, Jerry Witt, Bill Underhofer. Richard Hickson, and Phil Douglas. Let's give these men and families a hand. Thank you so much for your leadership over the years. These men and their families had a courageous faith and we are here today because of their desire to serve the Lord in this community and around the world. They 
made an extra sacrifice by putting the tones up for collateral to get the times together with him. The next group we need to recognize are the charter members of Trinity Christian Church who joined the church on February the 11th, 1972. These members stepped out in faith, desiring to come closer to God. Please stand, charter members and honor members. Thank you, thank you so much. The job of presenting the gospel to the flock and the community requires tremendous effort and preparation from the ministers, the custodial staff, the treasurers, to the office personnel. These men and women have served faithfully in exalting God, edifying the flock, and evangelizing the lost. All present and past ministers, custodial staff, treasurers, and office personnel, please join the group. so much. Thank you. This church has been instrumental in educating men and women to spread the love of God to the world. We have and continue to send those who have a heart for ministry to Bible college in preparation for the mission field. We call these men and women Timothys. If you are a Timothy, please stand. Leadership in any church is fulfilling, yet challenging. Any leader seeks wisdom in all matters and desires to make sure that God is glorified, that the flock is fed, and the Bible is preached. Over the years, our leaders have, to the best of their God-given abilities, been faithful to this purpose. If you have been an elder or a deacon in the past, or you are currently an elder Deacon, please stand. I must note, and he probably wouldn't want me to do this, but Jerry Witt has been in PCC leadership for all of our 50 years. talked about the past, the present, but now we look to the future. Every person is here today because of some connection with this Trinity Christian Church. You love this church, you have been fed and challenged by the sermons, you fellowship with each other, you support each other during the good times and the tough times, and you are the future of this church. We are excited to see how God works 
through you in the years to come. Would everyone increase their income and give God the glory for his goodness and his faithfulness to us. Please remain standing as I read scripture. I would read from Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, which has led you on to us as church being together tonight. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever this is the Lord's prayer. You may have a seat. They've decided to meet to start this new church. What will happen next? It is my pleasure to introduce a brother in Christ. Hopefully I'm not too loud. A good friend, wonderful minister. He meant so much to this church and to my family in so many ways. Leon baptized us too. Uh, he taught our other, he led our other two children to the Lord. And he taught me how to be a better Christian. father by his example. Please welcome the first minister of Community Christian Church of Los Angeles County.
thank you. I have to show you something really crazy. See these brown shoes? Aren't they neat? Last night at the hotel, and thank you for those four, but last night at the hotel, I thought, I didn't bring any tennis shoes. And I thought, well, my tennis shoes look pretty good with this, but, uh, uh, so Jerry Witt loaned me his shoes. He's wearing, he's barefooted this morning, so. <laughs> what a wonderful day to celebrate 50 years, and I know we've said that several times, but I'll say it again. I am honored, and yes, I'm not sorry, I'm honored to stand here and actually be able to say this, <laughs> the year they cut on us in November, I had a month leave, is that going to work, all right, for 14 years our family got to share Jason and Karen were two and four when we came up here, and then Adam and Brent were born while she was born. And I thank God for the way he used you to touch this family. I'm thankful for the way he's blessed you, the way he's used you. We're not stagnant. We're saying, what can we do? And around the world, he's been using you. I thank you for the honor, and I mean it very much. It's kind of interesting that I am very nervous. And I've tried to think here, all right, but I yes, but I will get by it, and in a few minutes I'll not even think about being nervous. But let me deviate a bit, and uh, are we going to be, is that going to be on that screen? Oh, gross gross again. <laughs> Can you tell what that is? Yes, it's not gooseberry pie, but it's lemon cake. And one evening I had um, thought, ooh, I'm hungry, and there was some of that cake. I'd gotten it at a local restaurant, and I want you to notice that frosting, lemon frosting, just the right amount. And it makes me hungry looking at it. And you're saying, well, Leon, where could we get a piece like that? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. But it was a super, super good cake with the right amount of coconut and lemon. Green Country Cafe, Athens, Oklahoma. That's where you can buy that. But it doesn't come close, and this is very, very important. If you go away just remembering the cake, I'm in trouble or I failed. But I want that cake to illustrate to you that as excited as I got about that, that is nothing compared to what God wants to do for us. And today, as I share with you, I am anxious to tell you about things that you already know, but to remind you, and to share things that I love to talk about. Because these, I call them God's good news. And if these things that he's given us are a part of our lives and we recognize them, our excitement and enthusiasm will not be able to be self-contained or be contained because he's given them to us and we are thrilled with them. Sometimes people see a very miserable person and they think, I bet he's a Christian. 
no, that is not my drive, and I don't think it is yours either. No, I think Christians should be the happiest. And God says, I want you to enjoy these things that Leon's going to talk about this morning. Things that I couldn't enjoy before. And what I share summarizes this with faith. I believe these good things will keep you going. They keep me going. They would be my foundation as a child of God. Pray with me in this. Go ahead and pick up your Bible. Father, oh, what a neat thing to get to share in this congregation with friends from many, many years ago, some beyond, earlier than I ever dreamed. I thank you, Father, for the way you've used this group to touch plenty of my kids. And I, I thank you for the joy I have in getting to be with them. Father, though, I want you to look down on my mind and help it work well. Help me say things that will reinforce what you want to say. Help my mind be clear, Lord. And I pray that each person would be blessed by what they have covered this morning. In Jesus' name I ask. Some of these stories you may have even heard me share before. But I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to leave them out, all right? You know this verse very well. In John 3.16. And excuse me, I skipped by that one, didn't I? Which one of you is running that back there? <laughs> okay, you poor thing, I'm sorry. Um, I did forget to say this, but this, uh, for God to love the world, go back to the one earlier than that. I think if you can. Yes, this is what gave me the impetus for this. Paul said, I am a servant called by God to preach his good news. Now, the word gospel is here, but it was that that gave me kind of the shot in the arm, saying, yes, this is God's good news. And that first word I want to talk about is love, and that scripture. Now, we'll go ahead with it. For God, say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes, we know that. And I will say, Billy, are you the one doing it? You are. She has a, I tried to follow that skit, but I really messed it up there for a while. But I'll try to stick a little bit better from here on. God does love us. But you know, some people think of it like this. Look at this next note here. For God said, to the, this is the Greek paraphrase, for God said to the world, if you get your act together, I will love you. I'll even send my son to die for you if, if you straighten up. I'll probably have to admit that that was the way I looked at John 3.16 as a high school teacher. John 3.16 was good, but that's kind of the way I interpreted it. But then I came to realize that way before I knew I needed that he loved me, and I'm not always lovely now. I do things that are wrong. But God says, Leon, I still love you. And I love you more than you can imagine. God works on you and me to become the people he wants us to be. 
and he still loves us. Big promise. This, you might say, well, Leon, I didn't have to come preach to hear that. Well, sometimes we forget it. A fellow named Bruce Bilderberg was back home in Iowa visiting the church. I think he grew up here, and there were about 16 people there that morning. And he wrote down what the preacher said at one point. Most of you aren't going to heaven. That's what he said. Oh, my. I, I have to embarrassingly admit that that's the way I was when I first started preaching. So most of the people in the audience wouldn't make it, but if they were really good, they could join me, and we would go to heaven. How sad, isn't it? He didn't say it that way. I love you regardless. Most people already know they've sinned. They just need to know they're loved, and I really believe that. I get to preach about God loving us even when we're a mess. Love. That's a major part of why I preach. And love keeps me going because it's love I don't deserve, but love I definitely need. I saw this love, well, I want to point here, but when we met the first time, and an illustration of John 3.16, as people came forward that Carter Sunday, I must, and I don't know that I ever told you this, but church membership was important, but it wasn't always the most exciting thing for me. Church, I'm born again, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and you're a member, all right? And no big deal. And so I was approaching it that way that morning, but I didn't tell anybody that. But I remember the first family coming up, and the guy, I asked him this question. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And do you want to be a part of this congregation of Community Christian Church? I still remember very clearly the man having a hard time talking. And he was not one that was nervous in front of a crowd, but he was choked up. And I realized there were tears in his eyes. And it took a while for him to choke it up. And it was the same with his wife and with their kids. And that family was typical of all the families that morning. All of them were saying, this church is going to be the place where we find God's love. And we wandered in a spot where we didn't have it. And we want to be here. And that day... They were saying, we know of the love of God, and we want to give it back to you. Oh, that's a rich memory for me. People sense the joy of God's love, and they express their feelings back to him. And that morning affected this preacher's life. Because people were not just pushing a button and performing a ritual. It was from their heart. Their heart that had been filled with God's love that they wanted to give back to him. Today, you and I get to enjoy that gift. And we get to give it back. Many years ago, I was assigned some verses to speak about involving the word frailty. And why don't you follow along as I read it? I am writing this to you, my children, so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have someone who pleads with the Father on our behalf, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I had read that many, many times, but that day as I got ready for a youth rally, or as I studied for it, 
I began thinking, wait, <laughs> this is written to Christians. Did you see that? I'm writing this to you, my children, so that you will not sin. And the hint is you probably have done it even today. But he said, I am not writing to people who don't know Jesus. I'm writing to you because you do know Jesus. That really got me. And the other word was the word but. But if Leon does sin, he has someone who pleads with the Father on his behalf. And that word plead is for an attorney. And he says, Leon, I'm writing to you so you will not sin, but when you do sin. That was a shocker to me. Oh, I knew I sinned, but I didn't know John knew I sinned. And I didn't know that there were a lot of other people in this church that could sin. Identified with those verses. He was writing to me. And he was saying, Leon, I see you when you're frail. And I don't kick you out. I used to think of the family of God like a big circle. And I was in it the first the day, July 3rd, 1955, when I became a Christian. But then when I sinned, he kicked me out. And then out, in out, in out. High school days were especially scary to me. To think. I'm in, then I'm out, in and out. And then one day it hit me, I thought, and this verse was one that really, really blessed me. God doesn't say, Leon, you're in today, but tomorrow you go again in big trouble. You're still my child, even when you are frail. I picture God saying, Jesus, that Leon, he can sure mess up, can't he? And Jesus says, yes, I agree, but I'm working on him. And that's what John is saying here. My frailty, and your frailty as a Christian, it's obvious, but our hope is strong. Paul in Romans, and I'm so glad Paul wrote this. He said, I don't do the good I want to do. Instead, I do the evil I do not want to do. Does that ever describe you? Oh, it has me. And when I found those verses that had been there all along, but I missed them, I was shocked. And then he said, what an unhappy man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that has taken me to death? Thanks be to God who does this through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you and I are sinned, are, are sinners and we're frail, God says to Jesus, you need to work on him. You need to work on him. But it's still a part of the plan. I think of the doctor a new Christian, and his buddies were giving him a real hard time, and they said to him, well, suppose you don't sin anymore, do you? And he said, oh, I still sin, but you can squish my baby. We are frail, and I think it helps to realize you're not the only one, because you go to church and you think, oh, all those people are good all week. No, they're not. They try to be. But they sin, too. We sin. That's no shocker, is it? The shocker is that as we mess up, God says, I want you still. My son is going to help you. I was in a restaurant one day, and this lady was wearing a T-shirt. And it said, Jesus loves you, big letters. And then down at the bottom, it says, and I'm trying. <laughs> I'd like that. I took a picture of it. I asked her if I could. I thought, how neat. Yes, 
Jesus loves me and I'm working to be like him. But sometimes I am. God is aware of my frailty. Oh, I'm thankful. Because that's what keeps me going. Grace is sufficient. God's love and our frailties are summed up in that one word. After Paul spoke this of his frustration with himself, he wrote in Romans 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And then in Ephesians, he says, but God's mercy is so abundant and his love for us is so great that while we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought us to life with Christ. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. Oh, I like that. While we were dead, he gave us his grace. My brother Roy shared with me a time outside of Elgin, Missouri, thinking it might have been a conference at Cumbria, where a member from the church who lived there, Brother Jim Barry, outstanding man, they all called him Brother Barry, they loved him, and this fellow was standing by my brother saying, well, if Brother Barry doesn't make it, no one will. Roy pointed out another fellow standing there who had been known as the fountain drunk, but who had accepted Christ. And he still wasn't perfect, but he was working in his life with God. And Roy pointed to this guy and said, no, if he doesn't make it, no one will. Oh, isn't that a blessing? I am not going to heaven because I've been like Brother Barry. I'm going to heaven because I trust Jesus. And if you sometimes are thinking, man, I messed up. God says, come here, you're still my child. Grace is written all over this song. And I, I want to just read a few verses, and I want you to follow alone, along. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm to the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when strivings cease, my comforter, my all in all. Love of Christ, I sing. In Christ alone, who took on flesh. Oh, this is a neat picture. Fullness of God and helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones who seem to sing. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. Sing it. There in the ground, his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, and he is mine, washed with the precious blood of Christ. I want to diverge just a second. While I sat here and sang this, I heard something. One of my critiques of Anglican churches tends to hear the people. And I could hear you then. What a joy. But isn't that a neat song? Oh, so powerful. 
Grace is given to us not because of when we've done wrong, not because we've been good, but because we need His love and forgiveness. Grace, it's one of those good things of God. It's one of those things that keeps you going. Well, does that mean we can relax and goof off? It's not. The grace and peace come from God and make us want to do more. And Paul, again, hear this. Look at him in Ephesians where he says, God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he's already prepared for us to do. And then in 2 Corinthians, anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is done by God, who through Christ changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Good deeds. Yes, God wants to use you. And how many of you thought this morning, I can't sing, I can't pray out loud in public, I can't do this or that, and yet you sat with someone who was alone this morning. And if you've ever been the person sitting alone, you know how important that is. Such a simple thing. I heard Dusty talking about this idea of speak to someone and call them by their name. That's just one of the good things that you get to do. But I think of a man named Mr. Shiver, Mr. Seaver. I don't even check you. I believe it was. But Mr. Seaver, as I was a little boy, I've never forgotten that Sunday morning. I was two or three, maybe four. And I had gone in the restroom there for some shirts and guys' shirts. And as I came out, Mr. Seaver looked at me and looked at me. And he reached into his pocket and he pulled out his dime. I suppose I don't have that dime, but I still have the memory of Mr. Seaver taking time for a little boy <laughs> that didn't know for sure who he was. And he gave it to me. And I have never forgotten that. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to find Mr. Seaver and say thank you for making me feel special. One day, not too long after Cynthia had died, I had gone to the doctor. I think that doctor checked me out and just stopped and said, Mr. Leon, how's your soul? <laughs> I told him I was healing. But I also told him, you have no idea how important that was. And I challenge you to do that with someone who's lost someone very dear to them. You see how you do And you're saying, oh, if I ask them, they'll start crying. They won't mind, though, do you? They will love it because you cared for them. If we are willing, God will use us. And it may not be dramatic, but it will be important. And God will use it for his people. My brother Roy again shared this verse with me. In a large house, there are dishes and bowls of all kinds. Some are made of silver and gold, others of wooden clay, some are for special occasions. And that word where it says others for ordinary use, that's like the garbage pail. Now the next verse. If anyone makes himself clean, if anyone makes himself clean from all those evil things, and Paul's just spoken to them of repentance, he says, he will be used for special purposes because they are dedicated and useful to their master, ready to be used for every good deed. God has a job for you. Yes, we come to know him 
And one of the most important jobs we have is even a simple thing like saying, why don't you go to church with me? And you might say, I don't know what to say to them. Well, God will work that out. Might even let you be the one to tell them that God's coming to them. But you started it. He wants you and me to do those jobs. Now help us do it. Look for people that you can touch with just a bit of kindness. Or help them when they're hurting. Or love them when other people aren't loving them. Look for people you can say something to. It'll bring you joy. It'll keep you going. No. You don't just come to church on Sunday morning and that's it. But you de- doesn't mean you have to come back the next week and you're the preacher. But on Monday, what are those neighbors? Someone at school that you're in class with that's really discouraged. God says, I want you sharing good things with them in the name of Jesus. And as you do those good things for them, it's going to point them to him. Good works. Pray. Again. What would we do without him? Paul said it very simply. Pray without ceasing. Does that mean I have to walk around with my head down, my eyes closed? All the time? No. But anytime, anywhere, no matter what. A few minutes ago, my daughter Karen walked up to me and she said, Dad, I just want to say a big thank you. And we prayed right there. Some of you didn't see it, of course. Most of you didn't. But so simple, that chance to talk to God. I pray with people in Walmart a lot. I really do. And I'll find kind of a quiet spot. I don't do it at the checkout stand, usually. But we pray. And it's my place to find people who are hurting. And to pray for them. These words were such a neat gift to us. And I want you to remember this. God wants to hear from you. Let me say it again. God wants to hear from you. Maybe you're driving and you're nervous about the road noise. Maybe you're writing a check and you think, how am I going to pay this? Maybe you have lots of people coming and saying, how am I going to get this meal today? Notice the word in there says all. Nothing is superfluous. And this other part, nothing is too small. Oh, I mean that. Sometimes our children teach us that, don't they? Because they will pray about anything, and that's what God is saying. Paul is saying, pray about everything. Nothing is too big, and all means he can handle anything. If it's big enough to worry you, it's big enough to pray about. I'm going to say that again. If it's big enough to be on your mind, to worry you, it's big enough to pray about. I really like this. Someone said, well, maybe by cast all your cares on him. And notice that word cares. That's so very, very important. For he cares for you. One day, oh, so and there's another one there. Bring that next one up. I think this is the one. This is, this is really neat. I don't care what you think. God's busy, but he'll stop what he's doing when you call his name. Yes, yes. I am saying that because I know 95% of you think you're not important enough for God to listen to you. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And if you talk to him, he'll stop listening. I don't know how he does it. In fact, 
talking about the grand, grandson yesterday. I, I, I don't have that figured out how God deals with all of us, but he does. And Paul says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. One day I was thoroughly troubled. <laughs> I was doing some yard work and stewing about whatever it was was bugging me. And then I thought, Leon, you gumbo, why don't you pray about it? Yeah, I tell you to do it. And then there I was, busy trying to figure out how I was going to work it out. And I just stopped and prayed. Anytime the Torah says that I don't know what to do, I will cast all my cares upon you. Oh, I hope you will remember that. I have a friend that many of you know, Donna Early. She and her husband were here in the church several years. She's a youth minister. I love to call her just to hear it when she doesn't answer, but it's a voicemail. She says, hello, this is Donna. I'll call you back. And there's a long pause, maybe. <laughs> I call her sometimes just to hear that. Yeah, I, it is so funny. Some of you remember her being sassy. Yes, she hasn't lost that. But I'll call you back maybe. Oh, I want you to know there is no maybe with God. Say it again. There is no maybe with God. He will be there. He will listen to your call. He will help us with all that bothers us. Prayer keeps going. Heaven. Some of you will remember that uh, my dad died while I was preaching here. I remember dad had had several times when he'd been quite ill and, and we had rushed the funeral on out by Dodge City and, and tried to get there, and we did. But just one day, uh, one of my sisters called and said, Daddy, it's quite bad, going into the hospital. I said, I'll be there. But as I left, I thought, well, I'll go to Kansas City. There was a hospital call I wanted to make there. And I thought, well, it won't be that much longer, and then head out to Dodge City for my own sake. I was in the hospital in Dodge City for two weeks. I got there 15 minutes after Dad died. Oh, in fact, one of the things I told Cynthia the day she died was to find the first people I wanted to find were Dad and Mom and tell them how I didn't show my appreciation to them as much as I could. But anyway, I was really distraught. Cynthia and the kids were coming out so later for giving the funeral, planning the funeral. But on that Friday afternoon before his funeral, there was a great many people coming to talk to him. And I was just standing there by his casket. I had in my 40s and had had quite a few funerals and I remember also thinking I was afraid my brother was wanting to talk about his funeral and I thought oh I can't and I couldn't they couldn't either but I thought and I looked at dad and thought how do I know I'll see him again and as I said I thought of all the other funerals where I'd say you'll see him again I thought, oh, it's today. 
And I realized, simple and yet profound, I realized that I knew God would raise him from the dead. I knew that God had raised his son. And he said, I'll do that for you and for your dad. And that he'd do it for me. I also knew that men who wrote this down risked their lives to do it. And they even said, kill us if you want, but we're not going to turn back there. I, I, that foundation was so solid. I believed in the resurrection. Oh, that helped me. I don't know how it would all happen. <laughs> Think about it, what did. I imagine it a bit like this, and you might say, well, that isn't very spiritual. I'm sorry. Uh, I got it from Jerry here. No. <laughs> I think a perfect, oh. <laughs> See, I have the microphone to laugh. That's the good part of this. But I have, I just tried to imagine. And it may not, you may get to heaven up there, everybody's going to say, well, it wasn't anything like you said. All right. It's some of the good, but I tried to imagine it. There's a line, a big line going right up to a huge throne. I finally get up there, and I hear a big voice, Marvin, Leon, Steve. Now, Leon, I know you don't like to be called by Marvin, so it's Leon. Let's talk. Anything you want to say? <laughs> I'm scared, but I want to talk. Can you believe me? Can you believe that I'd be wanting to talk? Some of you aren't realizing, yes, I would. My family would be saying, uh, Dad, please not. But I'm wanting to. And I say, Father, I am grateful and pleased to be here. Thank you for all those topics you had and studied and sent from the scriptures. Thank you, Moses, for having your son die for me. I worry they may a bit because you know what a mess I can be. You do? <laughs> yes, you're right. But Jesus spoke up for you over and over. And he said he was working on you. In fact, lots of times. And here he is right now. I look at Jesus carefully, not able to define it. Just simply, thank you. I love you and your father. Even if it isn't quite like that, all of those are things that I can say to you. Heaven. Dad wants heaven for you. You can just sense it. Four years ago in August, my wife, Benjamin, went to heaven ahead of me. We had been married 51 years. We were thinking, well, I remember when we got married, thinking, and we both thought this thing will drive through it. Uh, I remember some of the young people asked, how many years will it drive? But the doctor had told us, I can't cure you, but I, I will help you have as much time as possible. And we were speaking to her, but to no one. We thank God for 51 years. We thank God, and I still <laughs> thank him so much for the four years we had together. We cried. We talked about heaven. She, of course, had gotten used to me being a preacher. And I sure did that as meaning. But one day she said, Leon, and 
Did you ever look at her when I was preaching and see her eyes roll? Yes, we did that. Yeah, oh, I, so many people have said to me over the years, yeah, we, we look at Cynthia when you say something goofy, see what she thinks. But I could tell in that voice she was serious. When you get to heaven, come right to me. I don't want you stopping and talking to everybody. <laughs> she wouldn't laugh, but she was serious. <laughs> Just a night or two before she died, lying there in bed together, I was praying for her. And I'd gone through several things, and I said, Lord, let her rest in peace. What did she just say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he didn't hear me say that, did he? Oh, I'm thankful for those moments of laughing. And besides, one day she stood the hardest thing was selling a gun for me that day. Every day. I get to thank her for it. Every day. And today I was thinking how much she would have enjoyed this. And I looked in the pictures once in a while to see one of them. Oh, yes. But heaven makes the difference. This is a verse that I have refound, especially during the time Cynthia died. Or I had not noticed it. But the truth is, Oh, this is good. The truth is that Christ has been raised from death as a guarantee that those who sleep in death will also be raised. The truth is that Christ has been raised as a guarantee that Cynthia will one day be raised. And I will get to see her. And you are that way with your loved ones. Yes, heaven makes such a difference. My favorite reason to see her and to see her going. Maybe sometime soon you'll be in Athens. But as you drive by the Buffalo Ranch, it'll be on the left. On the right, it'll be Spring Central Cafe. Go inside. It'll be crowded, but they'll find you a seat. Now, if I were you, I would get my dessert first. <laughs> Jerry, don't you agree on that? Amen, yes. No need to ruin the vegetables. No, no need to ruin the cake with the vegetables, yeah. And as I said, I would guarantee that it would be good. But God's good news is something way better. We're not going to sing this song, but it's this thought is probably wonderful in this song that you know I grew up with. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, oh, I like this line, and I never noticed this as a kid. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Oh, isn't that a wonderful thought? He'll keep us going. Don't go looking for love and peace and forgiveness in a meal or in some other philosophy or in something that keeps you so busy you don't have time for God. Don't go looking for those things anywhere but with Jesus. And if you're a Christian, you have them. You don't have to go looking. You just have to enjoy them. You have all of this. You have love, even when you're frail. You have grace for all the weakness that might come your way. You get to do good works for him. You have prayer and help for everyone. And you have solid hope of heaven. 
summed up in this song I want us to sing. And you know it. I probably attribute it to one of my top songs from the days ago. Oh, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And tomorrow means the pain that's maybe coming from the death of a loved one. Or the pain that comes from being physically ill. Or pain from financial trouble. I can face tomorrow. And most importantly, when your task is confronted, you will face it. Would you stand and sing with me? God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Why do we sing? We sing so you, as a believer, have a chance to say, God, just remind me of these things you do for me. Help me now. And we sing these in case you guys come up here and say, I need the believers to pray for me. And of course, if you are saying, I need Jesus, you could pray. You could even this morning accept him baptized in water. All of this comes back to you as a singing contest. If you have any of these things you want to do, please do. We're going to sing these songs. And then one day I'll cross that river I'll fight life's final war with pain and then as death I know he lives because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he... Now, I know they didn't give me time to do this, but I want to do that chorus again. I am loving hearing you sing. And uh, it just speaks to my heart. So let's sing it one more, one more time. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone.
you just remain standing, we're gonna we're gonna close in one more song and and uh, just a re- as a response time. And I, I'm just echoing uh, what every one of you would say when I say my life has been changed because of this church family. And I would go further than that. It's not just my life has been changed; my eternity has been changed because of this family. And I'm so thankful, and I know you are so thankful for that. And uh, so, what a great time of celebration that we can come as a family and just honor the one who makes that possible, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, and as, as Leon said, maybe, maybe today um, you need to step forward and, you know, I, I, I don't know Jesus. I've never bowed my knee to him and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Would, would you do that today? Um, if so, I'll be right down here, and I would love to meet you if that's your need today. I want to thank you so much for coming. Um, don't forget our reception down the hall. Uh, would you sing with, with Daniel, and as we close together, would you just sing as a prayer to the God who would save them? generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your calming 
Thankfully, Dusty came by at the right time, and he said some words in Latin, and he said, that means a final prayer. I, I got that on the Latin. So if you'll bow your heads, if, if you're questioning if somebody is more qualified to do this, that's me too. So bow our heads, and we'll close this out. Lord, thank you for the past 50 years, the amazing healing path of church in our in our community, and in people all over the world. Thank you to all the people who have helped make what this church does possible. And while we're grateful, Lord, through the conference we have looking back, it's a perfect time to look ahead. Lord, to what to do. Help us to have a wise aim. Help us not to get lazy. Multiply our efforts and offerings and fill us with purpose and discipline as we go forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.